SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody, right here onto the early line, hour number two of a jam-packed Monday, September 28th, where we could talk about almost anything from hockey to soccer to MMA, but we are going to stick with football right here. And Kev, let's get this out of the way. I remember when Jay came on and we talked about the power ratings that he had last week. He had the Giants at 31 and he had the Jets at 32. And honestly, nothing I saw yesterday would get those two teams out of the basement of the NFL, in my humble opinion. Okay. The New York football Giants facing Nick Mullins, facing Jarek McKinnon, facing a defensive line that didn't have, you know, their guys. They get boat raced, Kev. 36 to 9. Daniel Jones, I believe, has now turned the ball over in every start of his NFL career. Sans won. And they were just doing whatever they wanted on the offensive side with backups. Not to be outdone, however, Kev, is the New York football Jets, who look like the worst team in all of football. Now, I'm trying to give them some excuses also, right, because they're throwing to Braxton Berrios and Kalen Balaj and, you know, LaMichael Pirine. They, like the Eagles, have a lot of their, you know, um, starting caliber skill positions gone. But I don't think it matters, Kev. Talk to me. I have no idea what the back page of New York is today because they kind of have to throw shade at both of these teams. I guess, you know, great. The Colts get a win. Great. The Niners get a win. We can talk about those teams who still, by the way, have their own things to figure out. Yeah. But what's worse in New York City right now, the Jets or the Giants, Kev? Oh, I mean, it's the Jets by a, by okay. a, by a margin. But let me just say this on the Giants' performance, Okay. The Niners going out there and being able to score points, I wouldn't hang my head in shame. You have next to no defensive talent, it feels like, on this roster. We've seen Nick Mullins step up and be good. Kyle Shanahan, we accept, is one of the best offensive minds in all the football. Running back value is fleeting. McKinnon and Jeff Wilson having good games. Not that surprising. Ayuk, the rookie, looked good. So I wouldn't lose sleep over the fact that they were able to put points up on you. You you wish it wasn't 36. You wish it wasn't 36. But nine points? At home, okay, if I just said that running back value can be fleeting, well, then I'm going to need to see a lot more. Devontae Freeman, five carries for 10 yards. Thanks for showing up, pal. Can we get our money back? Thanks for showing up, pal. My goodness gracious. No Sterling Shepard. I get it. Slayton, Tate, Ingram. There's weapons still on this team. There's a lot of pressure that gets applied to certain quarterbacks in the NFL. Daniel Jones doesn't really seem to be one of them for whatever reason. And right now, feels very analogous to Josh Allen. Can he make that turn? I don't know. I don't know if I trust it to happen with Jason Garrett as his offensive coordinator. But what you said, 
He turns the ball over every game he plays. And I think he's played yep. one game in his career that he hasn't won the football over. One. Can't win that. I one. think it's 15 out of 16 starts. I believe it's 15 out of 16 win starts, 14 out of 15 starts, something like that. Absolutely. Will I be on his prop bet next week for turning the ball over? Yes. Right? But I mean, what's that I mean, number, though? Like minus 3,000? Well, they usually do it just the interception, right? And he has a ton yeah. of fumbles. So I did hit it earlier in the season at like minus 160 something. But hey, it's yeah. a safe bet. Um, so then talk to me about these Jets, though. Okay, fine. You know, you're right. There is, even without Saquon and Sterling Shepard, there are options, and maybe yep. it does fall on the kid Danny Dimes that their defense, you know, can't stop anybody either for the G-Men. But talk to me about the Jets here, Kev, as we welcome in our radio yeah. audience from around the country, including, of course, the mightier 1090 out there on the West Coast. They don't care about the Jets and Giants, probably, but they don't have to hear it because this Jets team is now a dumpster fire. I'm wondering mm -hmm. if Adam Gaze is going to last the season. Oh, he's got Thursday night for me if I'm running this team. Short week, I'm not going to fire you on a short week, okay? You are playing the Denver Broncos, whose quarterback, I don't know who it's going to be. Brett Rippey. I have no idea. Blake Bortles. Okay, Jeff Trish, I don't know who it's going to be, okay? John Owen. at home. They're getting three at home. Everyone is going to be betting the Jets. This is a week to bet the Jets. If, if, if it exists, this is the week to bet the Jets. You lose this game. That's it. That's it. I got, an, I got an extra long week. I have no more time for this. I have no more time for this. I, I just, I, unless, like, as management, you believe that there's this value on getting, uh, keeping the coach around to ensure you lose more games, but that idea makes me sick to my stomach. Dan Quinn, we're good. We're good, pal. Thanks. You're, you're not a good coach. There have been, there's never been a team to blow multiple 15-point fourth-quarter leads in a single season. He just did it in back-to-back -back weeks. Dan Quinn, I'm good. Adam Gase, you can't have good players on your team. Because that's the thing about the Jets. Ah, they leave Adam Gase. Look at Miami. Thing. Look at what happened in Miami. They all left. Jamal Adams is going to make a DPOY push, even though that defense is terrible. But he makes plays every single time he's on the screen. I don't blame C.J. Mosley for out and out. This team has no talent because of him. Love Bell couldn't even take a carry before this dude Adam Gase tried to trade him. So there's really no tolerance for this. You win Thursday or you're done. And he should never get another head coaching job in the NFL again. And ultimately, it's a ticking clock anyway. There's nothing that's going to happen to save this Jets season. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, it is going to happen anyway. We all think he's kind of dead man walking here in the New York metropolitan area. And you referenced that, right? Could there be no more interesting indication? And we'll talk about what the Denver Broncos did in our next segment, right? But with Driscoll, Rippon, maybe Bortle service coming in on a short week, the Jets are home dogs right now for week four Thursday night football. Um, and they're getting a full three points right now with that Denver Broncos team coming in on a short week. Speaking of that Denver Broncos team, we'll talk about what they did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and a couple of other games that still we need to debrief when we come back right here on the early line. It's overreaction Monday, but there's some things that I think we are starting to learn. And we'll talk about more when we come back on the early line.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back in, everybody. Right here onto the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. You got the spitting statistician and the candle burner looking back at week three. And, Kev, I mentioned that Denver Broncos team, right? Well, well, that Denver Broncos team is a team that looks like dog poo, in my opinion, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They get 10 points. Tampa goes in there, wins 28 to 10, and we could do it either way, right? Because on the Denver side, it looks piss poor. They bring in Brett Rippon, of all people. They got Blake Bortles on the sideline as well. I don't know where offensively they are going to do anything. The kids, Fant, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler that lead the team kind of in receptions you got melvin gordon but it does not look like they are dynamic or dangerous with what they have under center the bucks however is this offense getting better every week in your opinion tom brady three touchdowns 297 yards they get representative efforts from ronald jones and listen when they're down inside the five they could just throw it up to mike evans who's stopping it (laughs) that's a good point there mike evans what a tremendous game the, the Jordan Howard game of receivers. Yeah. This guy's three one-yard touchdowns. I, yeah. like, I absolutely adore the way that they're going about this. Except and it's sustainable. Like, it's yeah. sustainable because Tom Brady knows where to put the ball. Absolutely. Uh, other than the fact that we had the Mike Evans receiving yards prop, I love everything about it. Let me just say this, Dane. There are certain spots that when you get right, you feel good. And you almost start hunting for people that were going the other direction. And this was, it was just one of them for me. And I, listen, you know what? You got to be careful because what goes around comes around. Okay. I get that. But man, this, we talked about this game all week, all week. And I, and I watched, I, I saw a video, man, where someone hit Broncos backers bingo. They only covered last week by the backdoor Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette touchdown. Denver, tough place to play. Jeff Driscoll kept it close against Pittsburgh. Right. And none of it mattered. None of it mattered. Tom Brady came in looking to puff his chest out, roll this team through three touchdowns, over one and a half touchdown passes for him, was one of the better bets that I was able to make yesterday. We felt great about that going in. And Jeff Driscoll couldn't move the football. Scored 10 points, and he's lucky it was that much. And the thing is, Dan, it just, and I think sometimes when you look back on a game, and like I said, there's plenty of bets I lost yesterday, okay? So I'm not trying to act like I got everything right. I'm really not. But I'm just saying, when you look back on a game, right, and as a Broncos backer, what are you saying? Uh, yeah, but if they, no, man, no. Did you not know no. how good that this Bucks defense is? This Bucks defense is legit. They were fifth last year in DVOA. It's a legit defense. You, you thought Jeff Driscoll was what? Come on now. You didn't know that there was no Cortland Sutton? You didn't check the A.J. Bowie update? Did you miss the Von Miller news? What happened here? That anybody, Who's starting a quarterback next week? Who's starting a quarterback next week? Beats against me. the Jets. Because they got to get that win against the Jets. Yeah, but come on, Dan. You know it. This team season shot. The Vikings, there's some baseline talent there. We respect Mike Zimmer. All right. right? The Eagles 0-2-1. That's a team that's been going to the playoffs now pretty consistently, right? So we, so we, so we can say the, the, the Houston Texans go to the playoffs to Sean Watson. This team, the Giants, no, that team's shot. Those teams are sure. shot. They're 0-3, and even if they show up 1-3 next week, we know it. 
Those teams are shot. Important note, though, I will say this on the other side, because Tampa Bay is not shot. You talk about the one-yard touchdowns out of Mike Evans. He may be getting a little bit more than that. Chris Godwin, the big wide receiver on the other side, Kev, left this game. I believe it was a hammy. It was a concussion previously. It's a hamstring now, so we'll keep an eye out on that. We got to get to another game here, Kev. We got a lot to discuss. And you you said Jeff Driscoll kind of the second time around, right? I was making the point in another game that Justin Herbert may look different the second time around as well. But I got to tell you something. He loses again. He does throw for 330 yards. Keenan Allen absolutely going off 13 catches, 132 yards. The kind of offense is still there, but it's Teddy Bridgewater and the Carolina Panthers who go in and get a W 21 to 16. What'd you see from the kid in his second time around? Um, you know, he, he, he competed in the second half. You give him credit for that. He had the, the ball uh, with the game on the line to go out there, trying to make a drive. I think he's learning some valuable lessons right now. I think ultimately where you land on this game depends on where you're at with your expectations on the Chargers. Um, you know, Justin Herbert is in. Last week competed with the Chiefs. This week he had his moments. This is obviously a tough loss, though. The chance to go 2-1. and one. Raiders yeah. got beat up. The Broncos, we just said, are a mess. So, you know, this is a spot where we we had mentioned the Panthers being live, but it doesn't make it any easier on the the Chargers. It's a game you got to have if you're actually going to make that postseason push. So, again, I I think Herbert should still be the quarterback, but next week's Tampa Bay, I don't know when we're expecting Tyrod to be back. I think right we interviewed, now, I, I talked would... to Dr. Chow about this yesterday, and he sure. seems to think that, you know, last week was definitely not right after it happened. This week he had no chance. He seems to think Tarad may miss one more, and then the decision point comes for Anthony Lynn. And I'll tell you this, so um, it's going to be at Tampa, right? So they're going to lose that football game. I feel pretty confident about that. The line's out there at seven and a half. Could be a monster upset if they win that football game. The next week they play the New Orleans Saints. I think that actually might be a Monday night football game as well. Now you can throw Tyrod back out there. The next four, five games, home versus the Jets at the Dolphins, home versus the Jaguars, home versus the Raiders at the Broncos. Those are five very Winnable football. Those are winnable games. You better have your stuff together. Okay. Now listen, you're gonna be odds are one in four. Okay. You got five in a row that if you can go out there and be four and one in six and you're five. You're right back in it. My, you're or, right there. Or five and five, whatever it might be. Like you're right in the mix. You're right in the mix. Math, cut it out. Doesn't matter. You're right in the mix. I got you. You're right in the mix. That's all you need to know. You'd be back in it. (laughs) That's all you need to know. Um, I do also want to make the point in uh, this game, as I mentioned, you know, Teddy Bridgewater continues to kind of move the ball and efficient 22 of 28. Mike Davis, Mm. not Christian McCaffrey by any stretch. But listen, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is a nice little caretaker for this offense. And we did continue to see Robbie Anderson. We saw um, Curtis Samuel out of the backfield as well. Last game that happened yesterday, I want to touch on briefly, Washington and Cleveland. Kev, here's what I'll say. Remember Cleveland in week one? They got boat raced by Baltimore. Since then, 
in the last two games, they have been able to get into what I believe is their identity, Kev, under new Ooh. head coach Kevin Stefanski. And it's running the ball with the best one-two punch, in my opinion, in the NFL and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And then being able to do some play action off of that. And I think that's what we saw. The you know They were able to run against what people think is a good Washington front. And then Baker Mayfield can, you know, on play action, hit his guys. But this is going to be the identity of Cleveland, I believe as well huh yeah look I'm, I'm excited about what this Browns team can possibly put forward they are finding their identity on the ground by the way Kareem Hunt has hit his rushing prop in each of the first uh, three games of the season and it's therefore gotten the rushing plus receiving over the number in the first three games nice. of the season something to keep an eye on in the props market Chubb now back to back hundred yards uh, on the ground the Browns next week play in one of the three most interesting games of the week against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Mm. What an opportunity for Cleveland. You're 3-1, and one, a win in Dallas. That's a lot of momentum. They're, they're dogs, okay? And if you're Dallas, gotta have it. Got to have it. Tough game. I'm excited yeah. about that game, though. And I think we'll learn a lot about both those teams next week. We will. What are we learning about Washington quarterback Dwayne Haskins? You know, you and I were both like, hey, let's not hate him too much. He throws three picks, though, yesterday. You know, that was not his best effort. I will also say this on the Washington football team, stud number two rookie Chase Young left the game with a groin yeah. injury, did not return. That'll certainly hurt that front seven. Are you concerned for Haskins, though, real quick? No, no, no. He's fine. He should have, he should have the, the full 16-game rope. He's he's out there. He's gonna he's gonna keep slinging the ball around. This defense is not as good as the Eagles made it look week one with their banged up team. Right. They sacked Baker Mayfield twice. I know Chase Young left the game, but it's back to back weeks that they gave up thirty in a row. Yeah. All right. So I want to you know keep an eye on Haskins, but you know three picks certainly does not help. When we come back, we turn our attention to the solidified Major League Baseball playoff field. Wait, the Cardinals aren't playing tonight. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. I got Kevin Walsh with me, burning the candle at all ends, trying to make it a profitable day for you. We also welcome back our radio audience from around the country. Thanks for getting up early with us here on the grid. Kev, last week, I was cheering for chaos. You were cheering for chaos. We were like, there's no way that we do not see a Cardinals-Tigers doubleheader here on Monday on today. But ironically, we are not, Kevin, seeing a doubleheader with the St. Louis Cardinals. And this winning percentage thing, I'm a little bit perturbed by because you see the bracket here, right? They have the St. Louis Cardinals as the five seed in the National League, meaning that they were the second best, second place team in the National League behind the Padres in that 4-5 series. Kev, the Cardinals finished this season, finished the season with 58 games at 30 and 28 30 and 28 as the five seed the sixth seed is the miami marlins the worst second place team 
in the National League. They finished with a record of 31 and 29. One more win and one more loss than the St. Louis Cardinals. And then the number one wild card team, the seventh seed in the National League, the Cincinnati Reds, who are evolving into a sexy pick of some. They get the seventh seed, their final regular season record, 31 and 29 with another victory. So, like the Cardinals with those two games, if they played two and won both, yeah, they'd be that spot. If they split them, We'd have to go to tiebreakers. If they lost, they might have been all the way down to the seven seed. It's the difference of playing the Padres or the Braves or the Cubs. And it's the difference between a number of teams. I thought it was weird, but apparently Manfred was right. Winning percentage reigns supreme. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's not surprising because we went through this on the show that they were only going to play those games if the seeding implications. I... I can't help but chuckle a little bit to hear the disappointment in your voice that you. It didn't does get matter for the seating implications. He, no, but he said he goes if it's only seating, I don't care. Right, this is just qualify or not, right? Yeah, and that's what, and that's what he, unless the home field or qualifying. So that's why I just I can't help but chuckle because I can tell you like you're like I don't understand. Yes, you do. You knew this was gonna happen. You know the rules. Ridiculous. And and I mean, look, oh, like. You know, Trevor Bowers tweet, and he's like, can anyone give me a good reason as to why they're not playing? You know what? At the end of the day, it's a lot of neutral sites. The matchups were wonky. I'm almost glad we don't have to deal with this nonsense random doubleheader and then maybe another doubleheader, but maybe not another doubleheader. Let's just move on. Let's set the field. Let's get the ball rolling. All right, absolutely. And we will tomorrow, right, when we don't have as much information going on, we will also look at all those series, look at all those series prices and continue to give us our analysis and insight and maybe even some leans for the first round of the Major League Baseball playoffs. I will say this, Milwaukee finishes at the, as the eight seed, 29 and 31. Kev, the San Francisco Giants, the same exact record, 29 and 31. Also interesting to note, you could finish under 500 and still have qualified for the playoffs in both leagues, Kev, because the Houston Astros also finished 29 and 31, and they wind up, you know, as the sixth seed in the American League. So when you expand the playoffs, you know, you get some teams under 500 that qualify for the postseason. Yeah, I mean, that's all right. 60 game sample size. I think if you play, you know, 162, are these teams below? I'm not sure about that. Um, I mean, although you could probably look at last year's standings, what that field would have looked like. It's just wild to see how many of these teams that needed wins didn't get them. Like yeah. the Yankees lost. Well, I mean, they were below 500 and, teams, you know. <laughs> but I'm seeing. But even the Yankees, like the Yankees, lost in the, to to not have to fall back to the eight. So do the Blue Jays, right? Like the Brewers yeah. got in. They they lost. The Giants and the Phillies couldn't couldn't get any wins. Like the yeah. the thing is, like the Mets played the Nats. And the Nats are a beatable team. Had the Mets taken care of business, they get into the playoffs because these teams kept losing all their games. So it's just it's one of those things, man, where like kind of coming down the stretch, we were like, man, this is gonna get tight. It's gonna get tight. And these teams just kept losing games. It was still ultimately tight though, Kev. You know, oh, I mean, I mean as I still was, look at the National League. The only way you know, there's was, like it could three only games separating yeah, you know, it could only be all tight, these teams. But these teams just kept losing. No, it's absolutely true. And here's the thing. We talked about this, you know, in the pandemic, right? With this variance now, now we have arrived, though, Kev. 
because these 500 or below 500 teams can still, you know, get two out of three against, you know, three the, Rays, the, Cubs, the Braves. And so we're going to talk a lot about that variance and those series yeah. prices moving forward this week. We got time if you got one last comment on this. Though. I just I'm just so interested to see what these series prices look like. Yeah, the three games set like ultimately. Right. Is there any let's just put it a hypothetical out there. OK, if either yeah. one seed loses the first game. Do they automatically have to be dogs on a series price, assuming a series price is posted? Yeah, I mean, and yes, I think the answer is yes. And I'd say the same thing to you. Like, let's say the division, you know, staring at game five of an NBA series, right? That's 2-2, two, two, right? And right. the technical favorite loses game five. Right. Yeah, it's going to flip. And I, I think that is the case. And that's why it's so exciting. We talked about the variance. We talked about momentum being the name of tomorrow's starting pitcher. And these are three game sets. So we will definitely take a deep dive into that tomorrow. But we also have another sport on the precipice of crowning its champion. It is the NBA. We are at the NBA finals. Kevin, we were talking on Friday. There were four teams still alive for the Larry O'Brien trophy. Now there are two. The NBA finals are set. We got all week long to talk about the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers where game one will happen on Wednesday. I I do want to, however, and you see the schedule for the uh, NBA Finals coming up on the screen now. We start Wednesday. We can go all the way until the day after Columbus Day, I believe, mm -hmm. in early October, if this were to go the full route. Um, we got plenty of stuff to say about the Heat and the Lakers. These both did happen, though, over the weekend when we didn't get a chance to talk to each other. So I do want to really quickly, what are your closing thoughts, Kev, on the Celtics and on the Nuggets. Like, are these teams you expect to kind of be in the upper echelon moving forward? Uh, we talked about the moral victories and the evolution of the Denver Nuggets. Obviously, the Celtics are kind of there. They've got the horses. They've got the coaching. What do you hmm. think is, like, kind of on the horizon for these teams? What do you think should be uh, kind of, you know, priority number one in the offseason for both the Nuggets and the Celtics? So, I think it's good. I think it's good. I think we should both these teams. Let's just start with Denver. Because um, cool. I think I think they're I think they're still separate conversations. And I look at the Nuggets, and the Nuggets have now earned everyone's respect. I mean, there was not you know the Clippers got bounced from the playoffs, and they were just completely clowned, right? Everyone, look at these bozos, right? Right. Denver loses, and everyone's like, man, you got to give that team credit. That team fights. That team makes it hard. That yeah. team is a, a group that has earned everyone's respect. But now. That's not the name of the game anymore. Like, it, right. as I was kind of watching the conversation, I'm like, man, this is such big brother, little brother stuff here. Ah, good job for trying. You got a game. Not bad. Right. Kept, kept, kept some of them tight. They're now going to want to make that next leap. They've, you know, now they need, they're, they're in that conversation, okay, because they beat the Clippers that at the time they beat them were NBA title favorites. The right. Nuggets, if they're able to, you know, keep this roster intact, Jeremiah Grant earned himself oodles of money Some over money. the closing stretch of this yeah. series. Um, but it, over the last, like, there's so much money over the last three games of this series. Uh, but, yeah. you know, he's an upcoming free agent. Are they able to keep him into the mix? The biggest question for this team is then, and I've talked about this a hundred times, about ranking players when the season finally comes to a close, right? And I don't know where Jamal Murray's going to land for me. Odds are he lands lower than he would land for you, okay? But the point is, is Jamal Murray consistent? 15 to 20 for me. 
15 to 20. Okay. And I think that's fair. I think he ends up probably lower on my list. That's just, that's okay. my expectation, right? And my Jokic is like eight to 14, somewhere in there. I, I, I think Nikola Jokic is almost hard locked at nine. I was doing this the okay. other day. And we could talk about it off air, but I think he's like hard locked at nine. That's fine. Um, but my thing with, with Name me another team that's got two of the top 18 players in the NBA. Lakers. You know, I mean, there's um, some, but you know what I mean? Like, they have to be respected <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. as such. Right. My thing with Jamal Murray, though, is and what will make the difference of him being 17th and him being 27th is the consistency. We got close to it during this postseason. And Mike Malone said something. He goes, we don't have one superstar. He goes, we have two. Jokic and Jamal. And that's not a comment that should be overlooked because that was something that had to be said. That was not something that was a given. Nikola Jokic is an all-NBA center. Finished second-team all-NBA this year. Argument for, for him to possibly be, have been the first all-NBA center on this season. Yeah. Jamal Murray. People are like, man, this guy's got to be a perennial all-star. Not easy to make all-star teams out west as a guard. Never has been, never will be. So that's not a guarantee. But if he gets to the level that people believe he is getting to, then that is what will allow this Nuggets team to stay on this line that they now got to during this postseason run. You know, I think that's fair. And remember, we have at times in the bubble and whatnot talked about the ascension of Michael Porter Jr. as well. There's probably yep. more in the tank, what he will look like in another Definitely. year. And I got to tell you the truth. If I'm a free agent out there, right, like Denver's a place I'm looking at. To be at, to be part of this team that is rising. We'll talk about what the Celtics may need to do in the offseason and then what you think early on about the NBA Finals. We'll have plenty of time to talk about it, but it is Lakers heat and we'll get into it. Some early thoughts and we've got a marquee matchup for Monday Night Football still to discuss as well. We will do all of that on a jam-packed early line. And, you know, we're going to try and put the fun and functional sports content as we do it. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh giving you the edge on a Monday after week three of the football season and a big-time sports period right now. We will come back and talk all of this stuff remaining when we come back here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. Dane and Kevin on a Monday morning. Kev, we talked about how the future is bright for Denver. I don't think anybody would disagree with that, right? And they can kind of only get better, whether it be Porter, whether it be bringing in other talent, who knows? But they certainly have their cornerstones in place. Kev, I'd say the same thing about Boston Celtics, right? Like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum as a wing combination don't get much better with young players, right? You know there's Gordon Hayward there. You know there's Kemba Walker there. Marcus Smart is very Draymond Green-esque to me in certain ways. They have a coach that a lot of people feel good about. What's the move for the Celtics? Because honestly... Yes, they lost in this one, right? The, yes, they lost to the Heat. The Heat were the better team, but it felt like a, you know, punch you back and forth, hotly contested series. So what, and it seems to me at least, like the Celtics are built for the 2020 to 21 NBA. So where do they go from here? So it's very interesting, the Boston Celtics. Brad Stevens just made his third conference finals with this team. Now, that is impressive. 
But let's look at the three times he got there. First one he got there is what people were calling the worst one seed they've ever seen. There was a game that they played at TD Garden where LeBron beat them by like 40. It was embarrassing. It was. But okay, you weren't supposed to be there. It is what it is. The next time they got there was against LeBron James and Jeff Green. Seven games set. Up 3-2. Game 7 in Boston. LeBron plays 48 minutes and pretty much wins the game by himself. You were favored. That's a real thing that happened. You lost the series as a favorite. And now we get into this one. You're the two seed. You're playing a five seed. I think it's a little annoying that the Heat aren't a four seed because now it, it like pushes them. Celtics like were the further. three here. They were the three. Ex- right, excuse me. They were the three seed. But Miami was the five seed. Like, but at the end yep. of the day, Boston was favored. Boston was favored every single game. And you lost this series in the first two games of the set because you blew monstrous leads. And then you got punked pretty much in the fourth quarter of this game and embarrassed and ran off the court to close it out. He scored a buck 25 in a closeout, and it wasn't because of a foul game. Final quarter season on the line, the Celtics gave up 37 points, supposed to pride themselves on defense. Don't fire Brad Stevens. If Brad Stevens all of a sudden came available, there's a lot of teams that should no, fire their current He'd be unemployed for 15 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> Of course, right. But, there's, but, but that's a conversation that starts. Tatum and mm. Brown are super young, and these guys are going nowhere, okay? But there comes a point when you start to say, man, when does it catch up to us? Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. We just can't make this final push, right? And yeah. the thing for Boston is they expect to have Tatum and Jalen Brown for the next decade. So it's not time to push panic or anything of the nature. But now we think about next year, right? Does Miami Heat team feel like they're going anywhere? No. Apparently Giannis is going to be staying in Milwaukee. That's still going to be a tough out, right? Some additions in we Brooklyn. And that, so that's what I'm saying is, you know, so Boston, Boston has reached a baseline of consistency to where they will be in the mix. But what has to happen, and that's the question that they're going to have to look at this offseason, Dane, what has to happen for them to now cross that right. threshold, right? The Nuggets crossed a different threshold, okay, getting to the conference finals, earning a lot of people's respect. But Boston now kind of, They've got to really pull almost like the upset maybe or, or get to that finals appearance, like whatever it might be. They just haven't done that yet. You know, I, it's a rhetorical question. I, I wonder, though, Kev, if Boston thinks mm-hmm. the first two games of this series would have been different if they had Gordon Hayward. Um, because, you know, when he was there at one point, they did kind of, uh, I think, game three, he was important. In, and now I'm not saying he moved the needle that much, just like I'm saying, I'm not saying that when Philadelphia, we did that autopsy, is it giving them the excuse because they didn't have their superstar in Ben Simmons? I'm not saying that per se, but it, it did feel like a tight series, right? So who knows what one bounce here or there, what one player here or there can do. But these are teams, Kev, that will have to, you know, wait until next year. The two teams that don't are the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers. What did you think about them as they got, you know, through the conference finals and now stand here competing for the Larry O'Brien Trophy? On the Miami side of things, I think right now you have to look at Eric Spolstra as one of the most dangerous uh, men still standing right now uh, as, you know, he is going up against some real good coaches and a lot of people feel like he's embarrassing some real good coaches. Pulling the strings. Bam out of bio. You want to, you know, we kind of just were talking, Dane, about guys that are making the leap. Where's Bam out of bio on that list? Pretty high. Where's Tyler Hero on that list? <laughs> yeah, right. That's a whole different conversation. But this team getting guys to step up consistently. Duncan Robinson, tw- you know, 15 points. Yep. Uh, Andre Godala, 15 points. 
Jimmy Butler, plus 18, 22 and 8. Bam Adebayo, 32, 14 and 5. And yeah. you have to give this Miami Heat team credit, man, because this was a spot where, you know, they get the job done in six, but they had to stop. Like, th- those two comeback victories that they had in the game two, they take all the credit for that. They, you know, this was a series of people, oh, this is about to go seven. This is getting scary hours. Boston was showing a lead in the fourth quarter. Yes. They the Miami just ran them out of the building. I'm out of bios hitting reverse tomahawks. No yeah. problem. Thanks for coming. So the Miami Heat, man, it's a team that uh, I know I've been talking about since October as a legitimate contender in the East. You know, I, for a lot of people, it's an improbable run. I get that. They're fifth seed, you know, but it's a spot that, to me, I always saw them live in. Before the series day, and I said to you, the wrong team was favored. Yeah, yes, you absolutely did. And as you know, I'm cashing a Miami Heat ticket myself. So, you know, we we did kind of think that this could happen out in the East. We will take plenty of time, you know, to break down because I am very intrigued to see if you believe Miami has the bodies to defend AD and LeBron. And we are going to talk about that as we move along. Game one of the NBA Finals is Wednesday. We will be talking about it tomorrow. And of course, Wednesday, early series prices are out. And the Los Angeles Lakers are minus 370 favorites. The Miami Heat plus 290 if you think they can upset LeBron, upset LeBron and Lakers to win the NBA Finals. Game one at this point has installed the Lakers as five-point favorites. We'll talk about the total. We'll talk about props. We'll talk about all that as we move along and cover the NBA Finals. But we have a marquee matchup, Kev, on Monday Night Football tonight as well. What many people believe is probably the game of the year. What many people believe are the two best teams in the entire NFL. Certainly the favorites to come out of the AFC. The Baltimore Ravens will host the Kansas City Chiefs tonight on Monday Night Football. You see it on your screen. The Ravens are laying three and a half at home. 54 and a half is your total. Let me ask you it this way, Kev. The Baltimore Ravens right now are the number one defense in the NFL. They are giving up 11 points a game. Like, that's real. Um, So does Patty Mahomes come in there and just kind of, you know, you throw that out the window and it's Mahomes and CEH and Tyreek Hill and, 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 and Travis Kelsey and they just roll? Or do you have faith that maybe this Ravens defense at home revved up can go ahead and slow the Chiefs offense? Can the Chiefs offense be slowed? I don't know. That's a good question. This is the number one defense in the league points-wise, so if it's going to happen, it would be on the road at Baltimore, right? I mean, look, the Ravens have a very good defense. The Ravens have a very good offense. I think the attempt to slow them down also will come from the offensive side of the ball for Baltimore. The run game? The, The ground game and keeping the clock and keeping possession, I think that'll be part of the equation as well. I think the key for Baltimore, and we've seen this a lot with this team, though, is they have to stay in front. This is not a team that is, you know, all that great at playing from behind. The Chiefs? Right. Yeah, no problem. Don't we spot you 10. <laughs> How about we spot you 10 so we come out fired up? So that's one of the things to keep in mind here. As we look at this spread, I think back to even the Thursday night game that opened our season between the Chiefs and the Texans. Yeah. I'll play it safe. I'll take the points. And the simple reply I said is, are you sure that the safe way to approach this game is going against Pat Mahomes? Are you sure? And in the same way now as we go, ah, you know what, I'll, I'll, lay, I'll lay a small number with the Raid. Are you sure 
You want to leave yourself open to a backdoor cover from Pat Mahomes at the worst. What's the lead have to be for you to feel safe in your minus three and a hook? 20? 20 points probably? I mean, just those are the kind of things here when we look at this game. I think it's a tough, I think it's a tough spot to call it the side. Because I think you're looking at a spot here where the Ravens, if one team was going to care more, it would be Baltimore because Baltimore's letdowns in the postseason. But ultimately, the Chiefs had a wake-up call last week. The Chiefs are a bear to try and stop. And the Chiefs have to know that there's a legitimate chance that this game decides who gets sure to does. go by in the AFC. Yeah, I think that's a very – like the stakes are high. Absolutely. Especially yep. this year, as you know, with seven teams making it in, only the one seed gets that buy out the gate, right? And also potential home field if this is a preview of the AFC championship game. I want to press you on one thing. Now, I know when we talk about the Ravens offense, how great they are running the ball, and they're putting up points, right? They're putting up points a ton. They're efficient. I get it. You mentioned, though, that you think playing keep away – could be yeah. part of the Ravens' philosophy today, right? Keeping, mm. you know, the half a billion dollar man on the damn sidelines, along with Travis Kelsey, along with Tyreek Hill, along with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, right? If yeah. that is the case, if ball control you think is a piece of the Ravens' strategy, does that make 54-and-a-half a high total to get to? Um, It might, but the thing is, the... Ravens are so explosive. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They run, that, but they score. I know. <laughs> right. That it, it, it might not. Be. I mean, think about the last time we saw Pat Mahomes in an anticipated Monday night game. Remember? I think about game the one with the Rams, Rams that went 54-41. Yep. That, by the way, if I had three and a hook on, I'd be okay. Yeah, sure. But I'm just saying, like, that was, a, I mean, that was an outrageous game. An outrageous game. Do you think so, we're going to see that? Do you think we're going to see something like that? So here's the conversations that I've been having with some people in the lead-up to this game. What have you made of Lamar Jackson to start the year? I, I think he's been good. I think he's I agree. been very good. And I think he's, he's also delivered from in the pocket better than last year, a la Willie Sneed and, and, and Marquise Brown. You know, he's always I, had the easy, wide-open play action of Mark mm -hmm. Andrews running free in the field. But, right, but he's hitting his receivers outside the numbers mm -hmm. this year. So I agree. Okay. My thing, though, is hasn't had a game like he had last year. High rushing yards on the season, 54, three touchdowns, 75. I just wonder if we get the Lamar game. Oh, that's like the buck 20 on the ground, three in the air, five total touchdowns. And you know what 60 that and a half. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. If Lamar balls, you think Mahomes isn't going to ball? Are you crazy? No, no. It's I, sir, I only ball. I only, I only throw 500 yards if you need me to. No problem. There's something about this game, Dane, that I think I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning, maybe in the middle of the night, and I go, I can't believe I didn't just stack this game in every DFS lineup right. imaginable. I can't believe I didn't bet over 500 times during this game. I can't believe I didn't take every single over in the player props market. These are two awesome football teams. That yeah. we might come on tomorrow and we go, man, defense rolled today. 21-7. Ravens get the win. So, but so here's Dave, what I'm gonna say. I don't go know, ahead. man. 42-41. Coin toss uh, it's on possible. the extra point. I don't know. It's possible. 
It's going to be fun. Here's what I'm going to say. Oh, it's definitely going to be fun. I, I, I think the country is excited about this one. Okay. Yeah. Here's the one play way I may go contrarian with you because that narrative of it getting carried away and, you know, just Mahomes and Lamar going back and forth. The first half total is 27 and a half points. I could see a universe where it starts slow and then opens up as you describe. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a feeling out process early on. When we come back, though, we'll see if you like any big props or any plays you're making on Monday Night Football. We will do that when we come back here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line as we tie a nice, neat little bow on this episode with Dane and Kevin. Spread love. It's the Brooklyn way. How are you seeing this game, Kevin? What if we had to make some money on this one? Mm-hmm. What would be, you know, the first place you're going in the prop market, on the sides, on the yeah. totals? What you like in this one? So I, I think that this is a game where you're going to want to be involved in the props market because even if it plays under, you can still get your props to come home. Sure. The one guy that I am super interested in, and, I, and, I, and I'll tell you right now, this is the type of game that I'll, I'll make all my bets at like 7.30. It's like I need, hmm. I, need just, I need as much time as possible. But I'll just tell you a guy that stands out to me is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. His prop hmm. is 62.5. So week one, 56.5. I think last week was like 76.5, maybe seven, somewhere in the 70s, maybe 74.5. Now 62.5. Playing a team that's very good against the run, if the game script does dictate that the Chiefs are right. playing from behind, then it could be a tough day for him. But that's also, I would say, for a lead back in this offense, potentially a low number. So that's what we talk about a lot of times in the prop market, Dane. Can we find yeah. value? Can we find guys that they're just not caught, like, that they think, oh, okay, they're bad. Think about, you know, something that you did with Miles Sanders, right? You're like, mm-hmm. oh, they're maybe worried that Miles Sanders is not going to come back ready to go. Well, I think he is ready to go. I'm going to beat you to the punch. And you've now beaten right. him to the punch two weeks in a row, right? Yep. So this might be a spot where a better can look at it and say, listen, I get it. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not going to run for a buck twenty-five every week. But, you know, God forbid I get the game script in my favor and the Kansas City right. Chiefs come out ahead. 62.5 might be a low number. Quickly for you, 62.5 is his rushing number. 88.5 is his scrimmage mm. yards combined. Why rushing as opposed to getting – the added value of what his receiving potential could be, especially if you think there's a chance the Chiefs are behind in this game. Yeah, I think it's a spot where, you know, your tolerance on rushing plus receiving or isolating one of those numbers, it, it just depends on your trust in the back. Like last night with Alvin Kamara, you, you mm. better had him, right? You wanted him together. The other day with Kareem Hunt, you could have lived on the rushing total. Chris Carson the other day, he might have missed both those numbers by like three yards, but I think he might have got there on the rushing and missed the receiving portion of it. So that's kind of a thing where you have to find that balance between your back and where you trust his work to come from. Yeah, sure. Singletary was the same way, doing work in the passing game, helping me rushing and receiving yesterday. We will see. I will take the Ravens. I will lay the three and a half, but we got to watch out for the hook in that one. But it's going to be an amazing game. I can't wait to see it. And we'll break it down tomorrow right here on the early line. Have a great day, everybody. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.